Okay, welcome. This is uh, Paul Gladder with Religion Unplugged, and you're listening to our podcast. Today, we I am here in Prague, the Czech Republic, and um, looking out on uh, Malastrana Street, you know, uh, just uh, near the Prague Castle, here with uh, TMP, a friend of the Media Project and Religion Unplugged, named Daniel Rouse. Daniel's been a journalist here in the Czech Republic. He's doing very interesting other projects in recent years related to the arts. Today, we graduated a group of students from the European Journalism Institute, which is a program of the Media Project and Religion Unplugged, and we gave out our third award for freedom of the press, and this year that went to Daniel. Yeah, my job was to speak about uh, religious and political profile of the Czech Republic, which is quite complicated issue, although it seems very simple, because Czech Republic uh, is considered to be the most atheistic country in Europe and possibly in the world. And that's because uh, when we have any research concerning religion, most of the people say that they are either atheists or they are nothing. So if we combine this atheist and nothing, we get uh, numbers like 80, 70, between 70 and 80 percent of the people who are not affiliated with any uh, religious group in the Czech Republic. But it is surprising that uh, when we look at politics, it is also, uh, it is even worse, I have to say, because uh, membership in our political parties combined all together is less than 2% of people. So, so less than 2% of people are members of any political party, which means that Czechs do not like organized form of religion and uh, Czechs do not like even more do not like organized form of politics. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's uh, we're seeing in the United States uh, de- uh, people having a declining trust in institutions. So, you know, it seems like religion is one of those, the media is one of those, government uh, and uh, oh, business, you know, these kinds of institutions, people have a less favorable view or less trust. And um, is that dangerous, do you think? Is it a problem or not really? Yes, I've seen uh, many years ago, I have seen a special research um, which was dealing with uh, um, the, the atmosphere in the society, to what extent we trust each other, yeah. and how big are institutions and companies in that society. So. So the less people trust each other, the smaller companies there are. Mm-hmm. The more people trust each other, the bigger companies there are. So, so yeah, I think it's not a good development. Yeah, because the trust in the society is something very basic for anything um, mm-hmm. in the future. If you are talking about freedom. Yeah. You know, here you have a society where it was very religious at one point. You explained John, Jan Hus and religious history, both Catholic history and then the Hus history, etc. And then, you know, why did, what are the key reasons that, uh, you know, religion 
participation became so much lower here in the Czech Republic? It's probably the stories of our two great reformers, and it's Jan Hus or John Hus uh, was the first one. He was Catholic and he was burned at stake at 1415. But then the other reformer was uh, was Protestant, Jan Amos Komensky or Jan Amos Komenius, and he was uh, uh, exiled in uh, in 17th century to the end of his life because of religious wars, because there were religious wars in, in Europe. So since then we had 300 years of re-Catholicization, of uh, oppression, let's say religious oppression. It was a com combination of political and religious. And uh, then we had 20 years of freedom and then Hitler came and Stalin came and we had for six years we had uh, Nazi occupation and then for 40 years we had communism. So many people would say that uh, uh, the, the religion has failed mm -hmm. and uh, that those, those uh, uh, systems which want to give these ideological systems do not work and it's better to stay outside of any ideology. So they would understand religions as ideologies and uh, this, on the same way as, as communism or, or Nazism. Mm -hmm. So they would rather be independent, mm -hmm. not to be member of anything, but that does not mean that their, the spiritual dimension of their life uh, does not exist. Yeah, yeah. So, and our focus of this training week with these two dozen young journalists was religion reporting this week. And so one could say, is that ironic to do religion reporting in the Czech Republic, which is, see, I think you might have said, is the, uh, some say, the most atheistic country on earth? Um, or does it make sense to do religion reporting here? You yourself, maybe tell a little bit about your own story. You worked in both communist and post-communist times in the radio, right? Uh, in post-communist times, mm -hmm. in the communist times, I, I was in in a research institute and I studied science and uh, was in underground underground uh, different under, underground initiatives in Slovakia. But uh, after the fall of communism, I joined this uh, this uh, Radio Free Europe first and then Czech uh, Czech radio public radio. And I think Prague is a very good place for talking and reporting about religion because the question in Europe and question all over the world is when uh, the trust of people to the institutions decline, declines, what happens then? Mm -hmm. it, do, it, uh, it does not mean that people are not religious, they are religious always, anywhere they go, anywhere they live. I always say that man is always political and man is always religious. And the biggest proof of it is uh, communism, which mm -hmm. was the most atheistic system in the history of mankind. But still du du during the Stalin times in Russia or Mao Zedong times in China or Pol Pot and now in, in uh, North Korea, it's very religious system. 
And uh, so man cannot escape his religious dimension. So man is always religious and man is always political. And in the Czech Republic, which claims to be very atheistic, mm. it means that, um, for example, we are the most uh, superstitious nation in the Central Europe, mm -hmm. double uh, compared to, to Switzerland, for example. Mm -hmm. And the biggest market with amulets is in Prague. So if someone mm. wants to start his business in with amulets, uh, Prague is an ideal place. Mm. So how does it fit together that uh, we claim to be atheists, uh, but on the other hand, we are very su superstitious and uh, we have these... It's, it's what Chesterton, this British, um, British thinker and journalist, said that if man stops believing in God, it does not mean that he believes in nothing, it means that he believes in anything. Mm. And Czechs are proud proof of this sentence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and it was, that was what was fun today to hear some of our students out there reporting, looking for religion stories, and, and, and I think some discovered uh, uh, the very thing you're talking about, that religion is still there, but takes different shapes and forms. Some people are still practicing organized religion and committed to it. Others have found other replacements, I think, right? Or other rituals or mm -hmm. sacred spaces for them. Yeah, the, the important moment is when you talk to someone who claims to be an atheist, okay, you can ask him, do you believe in God? And he says, no, I don't believe in God. And uh, you ask, but this, uh, can you describe for me that God you don't believe in? And usually the description is so terrible <laughs> that, you, that you say, okay, um, I, I'm glad that you don't believe in such a God. So... Uh, so uh, it is usually people have some image of God mm -hmm. and uh, what, they, what they refuse is that image or they have something against the church or history or whatever and they refused, uh, they are refusing that something. But normal Czech atheist would tell you um, there must be something. That's mm -hmm. why we speak about somethingism as new religion in the Czech Republic, somethingism. And we have areas, in, especially in the West, uh, West uh, Czech lands, with empty churches. Mm. And uh, because people don't want those churches to be destroyed completely, mm. they just think what to do with them. And they in many places they start gathering there and having concerts and whatever and so the churches are starting serving to their to those communities in very new ways hmm. there are no masses no, nothing it's it's not anymore a religious place but it's a place where people meet and it's a place where they want to talk about difficult issues mm -hmm. and that's isn't it what churches for here, so hmm. so uh, it seems to me that we cannot escape those questions. And uh, in the world of journalism, it is one of the areas which is very important. And mm -hmm. and one of the big questions in the newsrooms is how to cover religion, mm -hmm. not the church, but religion. Mm -hmm. And you did dealt with this yourself. You told I think uh, the students at 
Czech radio, you had a show about religion. How did that come to be and how did that turn out in a place where uh, conceivably people are supposed to not be religious? Yeah, it's a long story, but uh, to make it short, I would say that I was asked uh, from the leadership of the radio to take responsibility for religious broadcasting which no one wants to listen in, in the Czech Republic because it's, uh, it's something, it's worse than poetry, it's worse than fairy tales, it's, uh, no one wants to listen to a religion. So I said no to it and I did not want to do it, but then uh, they, they were my bosses, so they made <laughs> me take responsible, uh, responsibility for it. And it was the biggest, finally, the biggest uh, professional experience for me because we said, okay, people don't want to listen to religion, so we will not broadcast religion. We don't want to broadcast religion, we want to broadcast um, spiritual dimension of what's going on. So, for example, now there is a war in Ukraine and there is spiritual dimension to on the both sides. It's, it's mm -hmm. very interesting how people make those terrible decisions and uh, the consequences and, and so on. So what we did was that we just uh, were talking about spiritual dimension of current news, current uh, what, what was going on. And all of a sudden uh, it became very popular program and, and people wanted to listen to it. So those who said that they don't want to listen to religion on the radio, they were our listeners. Hmm. And they were not aware that they were listening to religious programs. So, so uh, my experience is that if you tell people, okay, this, this is religion, they don't, don't want to, do, to, to have any, anything with it. Mm -hmm. but, but in the moment you are just asking questions, mm -hmm. they are very interested in mm -hmm this uh, religious or spiritual uh, dimension of things. And this, this show that was supposed to have terrible ratings and be a career killer for you ended up doing pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah. once, once it was the, the most listened uh, program of all the 24 radio stations of Czech Public Radio. So that was great success, but it happened just once. So, mm -hmm. But still, it was, it mm -hmm. was very unexpected. Yeah, and you became editor-in-chief of Public Radio? Yes, okay. I, I, I served for three and a half years uh, as a, uh, leading this uh, religious desk in Public Radio. And then I was for several years uh, uh, chief editor, director, and then chief, chief editor of uh, Czech Radio 6, which was the most political and most... Uh, uh, To, uh, all talk radio uh, in the Czech Republic and then I was uh, starting a new radio which is even today it is quite successful uh, Czech Radio Plus mm -hmm. which is one of the main radio stations in the in Czech Republic so so even though I had a lot of experiences from these leadership positions Uh, the biggest professional experience still was in that religious broadcasting. Surprising. Mm. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, in the 90s, if we think, well, I was here in 2000, the internet still was difficult. In phone calls, you had to pay per phone call received. Mm -hmm. It was a different 
um, media environment. So I think radio was even was, was extremely popular as a medium here, right? During the 90s when you were doing journalism. Yes, it's a... Uh... It was time when uh, TV was taking over, and mm. uh, but TV time is evening, and radio time is morning. So, so uh, we. I very much. I'm very much fond of radio because mm -hmm. radio has several things that no other media has, and one thing is that you can listen to it and work on something else. You can. Keep mm -hmm. ironing or driving car, while uh, you cannot watch TV and drive car. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is one good thing about radio, and the other good thing about radio is that it does not have uh, pictures like TV, and pictures are fantastic. But it works with imagination of people, and and uh, I I read somewhere that uh, Shakespeare when he wanted really to horrify uh, the, the spectators, the, the people. Uh, all the, those killings were behind the scenes. It mm. was just noise. Mm. Because the imagination of people was much bigger than anything he was able to do on wow. stage. Yeah. So this is uh, the case of radio, that uh, you work with imagination of your listeners, and there is a, an art of... of how to work with it and mm -hmm. so so yes i love radio and yeah. it will not die yeah yeah i think when you and i first met you were just finishing your career in radio but already starting new projects and tell the listeners perhaps uh what what other projects you've been involved in mm -hmm. uh, i was um, for many years in in the radio i was busy doing journalism or busy organizing and um, and busy uh, in in these leadership positions but when i left radio i took with me uh, one very important project in fact the biggest project project of my life and that's <coughs> in, uh, five poetic books in the bible which for 15 years i worked on on poetic rewriting of those books. It's Job, Song of Songs, Proverbs, Psalms and Ecclesiastes. And we uh, started, I joined an organization which invested money in this project and, and we recorded five CDs with the best Czech uh, actors and with music. Music is done by, by my colleague Hubert Bittmann who is a Grammy Award uh, winner and and a very experienced music producer. Then we published also five books of this uh, rewritten poetry. And, and the experience is very positive. People would normally think that uh, poetry is another thing they don't want to, they are not interested in. They, are, they would not be interested in religion and they would not be interested in poetry. But uh, Song of Songs, for example, in the Bible, was as popular as Beatles one day mm. in the ancient times. So my question was, how come that uh, it is not so popular today? And, and why I never considered it a nice poetry? So I started rewriting it. How would they write it? If, they, if, if, it, if it was written today, how, how would it look like? 
and all of a sudden I just fell in love with that poetry and it's so strong that I I just I have never experienced anything stronger so so uh, books like or these audio books we call it audio books uh, like uh, song of songs and mainly job mm-hmm. is very uh, it sells very well and mm-hmm. and it would have golden record already so so why, why did the book on job we paused everything why, why did the job uh, book and, and poetry book and cd uh sell so well when they have such interest here i don't know i was surprised but i guess but the same happened when i was meeting with people and discussing biblical poetry it always ended with discussing Job, mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had this question, why why Job? Why in the world? The Job, this, our, our version of Job has a subtitle, is uh, Man Judges God. Mm-hmm. Because there is this moment when Job asks God to go on trial with him, and he's absolutely sure that he would win the trial mm-hmm. over God. So uh, I guess it's because suffering is such a big question in everybody's life and uh, no one can escape suffering and no one can escape many questions it brings. Mm -hmm. And the book of Job is full of questions and no answers, but those questions are very interesting. And then we, of course, we had a question what to do next. So we uh, worked on two other books of poetry. One is called Song and it's uh, spiritual poetry and one is called Windmills and it's poetry about life. And uh, when we finished this second project, we uh, we asked what shall we do next? And we started writing musical, which is very interesting experience. Our musical is called Star and it is about biblical star, the story of three magis who are led by star to Bethlehem, where Jesus is going to be born. And uh, so uh, the the structure of that musical is, uh, it has three lines. One line is what's going on in Rome. The other line is what's going on in Jerusalem. And the third line is, uh, is uh, the travel of those magis to, to Bethlehem. So, uh, I uh, when I started to study those times, ancient times, ancient Rome, times of Caesar Augustus, the first Roman Caesar, I found out it, it, it is unbelievable time. Mm-hmm. It is a time which very much, which has very much in common with our times, mm-hmm. because there was already globalization of mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. And uh, many global questions were similar to ours. And and uh, Caesar Augustus is very successful, and he's thinking about how to protect uh, the the empire for the next one thousand years. Mm. And uh, and in Jerusalem there is this King Herod who is dying, and he's uh, he's really in his last days, and he's very bad and evil man. And uh, he just thinks, what bad can he still do on this on this earth? And and then you have those three magi who 
who follow the star and the star symbolizes it is personalized in our uh, musical and it symbolizes new hope mm-hmm. and new new era so uh, as this they, they say we don't live in an, an age of changes but we live in change of ages mm-hmm. and those that time was definitely change of ages mm-hmm. so for me absolutely fascinating wow and is that the current project that's the current project unfortunately covid came and uh, gave us sharp blow mm-hmm. and so uh, it caught us in time when we were looking for for theater in prague that would take care of it mm-hmm. but uh, since then unfortunately we were not able able to uh, so uh, this year we will have two shows mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, northern czech but uh, but uh, it goes very slowly and we don't have money and we don't have uh, we don't have place uh, yet mm-hmm. to to start it and it'll be around christmas time yes yeah, yes yeah. Okay. usually we do it on christmas time mm-hmm. because it's christmas story yeah so and we do it with uh, with a children's choir mm-hmm. and children really love it and and it's big fun always to do it so it's it's uh, uh, it is very entertaining mm-hmm. on one side but there are many things the story is there and and uh, it is also education mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful it sounds like you found plenty of fulfilling projects to be working on and you know the ones that other audiences seem to connect with as well uh anything else before we go that you would like to tell our friends around the world some of whom you've met before of at media project events mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i spent most of my life uh, as a journalist my professional life uh, as a journalist and i think media is one of the most the most important areas in society because it uh, it is very powerful in some respects and it is very powerful in creating an atmosphere in which we live we are not aware how much we are influenced by the media mm-hmm. so media is often a jungle which is which can be really dark and uh, and dangerous but there is there are lot lots of lights we need more and more light in the world of media and uh, i strongly believe that uh, that media should play positive role in the society and that uh, we should be on the side of truth medical people have this uh, hippocratic oath mm-hmm. which basically says that uh, doctor should always be on the side of life even when his patient demands the opposite mm. and uh, journalists do not have equivalent of hippocratic oath but if there was one i'm sure it would be about following the truth mm-hmm. in, in uh, that journalists are serving the truth and um, so i hope finally lie is much faster than truth yeah. and uh, but in the end of the day it is truth that prevails mm. that's what i believe wonderful well i mean you've been a light to many people here and other places so 
and that's why we wanted to give you the award today with the uh, with the, with the institute. But uh, uh, thanks for taking a little extra time to chat with us at Religion mm-hmm. Unplugged, and uh, uh, I'm sure many of our friends at the Media Project and countries all around the world will enjoy hearing the update from you. So thanks, Daniel. Great to see you again. Thank you very much. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is part of the Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or the Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at religionmag.